Welcome to Build. This is my intro. Excuse okay. me. Okay. Yes. Welcome to Build. Today, my guest needs no intro. Hello. The OG, the uncle, DC himself, has finally joined the podcast. It only took me 30 episodes to get ready for this. <laughs> Make sure that you were, you were prepared. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to get right into it. Let's go. The question of the day is, have you changed your stance on hiring PMs oh and MBAs? Oh, my God. No, I'm leaving this. <laughs> Goodbye. Shut the cameras off. I'm going. Now. Oh, my God. You I can't avoid right it. Into. Yep, you did. You said you didn't want to look at the notes. It I was the first thing on the notes. <laughs> <laughs> this is called getting punked, right? <laughs> this is like an episode of punked. Um, have I changed my stance? So yeah, I became infamous because years ago, for many things. But like one one thing I did was write a, a blog post, which is, I think still lives in Medium somewhere. It does. People people like Maggie uh, find it sometimes and then put <laughs> it in my face. Yeah. Uh, but I wrote this podcast about like how did I frame the title? I said basically my intent. It didn't come across. My intent was like that you don't need. Uh, to get an MBA to start a business. Right. Be a, um, and then I said that, um, what did I say? Product managers, product managers, that I didn't want to hire product managers who were product managers, right? Yep. And um, and I, st- I, I still stand by that, although obviously I have violated that many times now, um, because um, I think it depends on your domain. And so like I had this like argument one time with, uh, or discussion or uh, virtual one, which is my favorite. That's what introverts are good at. Uh, and with uh, Josh Elway uh, from LinkedIn, from Twitter, whatever, about like how I was saying like I didn't like hiring product managers because like it depends on your domain, right? Like so like for me, it wasn't a successful thing because most of them were coming from different domains, different contexts, and there was not a lot of things that were reusable mm-hmm. and everyone had a different definition of what a product manager was. And again, my context is I'm in Boston. I do a certain kind of thing, which is SaaS software. At the time that I was doing most of this hiring, there weren't people that didn't have that experience. And so I was like interviewing product managers who were uh, worked in hospitals and worked here and worked there. And, went, and it was like there was no transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, and Josh argued the opposite, which I totally, I totally understand. But his context that he was coming from is like, well, if he's, he's starting a social network, uh, then I should hire, you know, at LinkedIn, I should hire people from Twitter and from Facebook. And I'm like, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. But like, I don't have that, right? And mm-hmm. so like, it depends on your context. And so anyway, that's one angle. An MBA specifically, um, have I changed? Have I, I have changed a lot. Because you have three of us. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Me, oh Will, God. and Maria. So <laughs> hardcore. Uh, yes, I have. Um, I, and I think, you know, it, again, it depends on the context. And so yeah. when I wrote that, and uh, and I still believe it, is like, you know, at, a, at the very early stages of starting a company, um, I didn't find it necessary to, f- to, to focus on someone with that skill set, although I did hire, we did hire Will, right? So I violated that. But, um, but as we scale up in our company, now I'm like, oh yeah, how can we hire way how do we hire lots of MBAs because like a lot of what they bring and their rigor and their skill set is totally applicable to this kind of stage right. of the business. Right? Yeah, that's fair. So, so it all depends. The answer is yep. I've learned over time is the only answer to every question in life is it depends. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that wasn't my real question, obviously. Okay. Yeah. My real question is um, I want to get your advice on how we can be 
better product thinkers. Mm. I think there's a lot of things you can look up on the internet about tactics and frameworks and processes. Yep. But I feel like what I've been learning the most from working with you is how you think about products. Mm -hmm. So like, what is your framework for making trade-offs between you know things like doing research and shipping, mm -hmm. adding new features, yep. using systems thinking? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I, uh, Elias reminded me of something one of my rants that I've had for many years, but I forgot about it. It's been so long since I've said it uh, yesterday because he mm -hmm. brought it up. And it was this idea of like, um, you're too young for, do you remember what Mr. No, he doesn't, he's yeah, too young. Why are you looking do you know at what me? like, <laughs> does anyone know who's listening to this podcast what Mr. Potato Head is? I had one. Have you had one? Yes. Yes. Dan definitely doesn't know what Mr. Potato Head is. I've seen Toy Story. I know Potato Head. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> That's the context. He saw Toy Story. That's how he knows. Yeah. Okay. So Mr. Potato Head, when I was young, uh, the commercial was on all the time. We had this Mr. Potato Head. Uh -huh. and it was basically a toy that is the shape of a potato. And then you take different things uh, and you plug in the eyes and the hats and the ears mm -hmm. and the whatever and you create these different things. I find often, like, uh, on your question about mental models and systems and frame, mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to products specifically, like, that we are good at, like, uh, creating Mr. Potato Head or Frankenstein. And often people, like, we're always saying, like, copy or emulate or use a model, use a framework, like, mm -hmm. use it. And uh, often the, the, the uh, more technical you are, the more... Um, the more like a product person that you are for some reason. Mm -hmm. Like we like to like take parts of things. And yep. we'll often say like, oh, we're using this model or we're, co we're emulating this existing pattern or mm -hmm. we're like, you know, copying this thing. Uh, and then when you like double click on it, it's like you didn't actually copy the thing. You like selectively took a bit that you liked out of it, mm -hmm. and then you sit, you hide behind, not you, but like we all hide behind like, oh yeah, we use this pattern. Like this, we did some research and we right. use this thing. It's like, no, you cherry picked things out of it. And so like my advice to people would be like, the benefit in using a model or using a, a, role, mo a role model or a mental model or framework is like actually use the thing. Like mm -hmm. actually like if you're gonna bother do it, use 100% of it. Don't try to like uh, revise it. Don't try to make it better, mm -hmm. right? Build on top of it is different than revising and picking pieces out of it. And okay. so we often do this kind of like Frankenstein thing. Uh, often it is when you're uh, emulating uh, a visual model. Mm -hmm. Designers are really bad at this too. So like they'll use a, something and they'll say like, oh yeah, this is like just like this. And you look at it and you're like, this is nothing like this. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it's totally like it. Look at this button over here. And it's like, no, you took a button yep. from it. Like that's not the model. What if you have, this is a situation mm -hmm. that happened last week. <laughs> you have a role model Yep. for, you have a role model. Mm -hmm. But then you have another role model where you like the visual styling. Yes, better. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but a the functionality mm -hmm. and the interactions of one are good, but mm -hmm. then the visual design mm -hmm. is different. Mm -hmm. Yes, that often happens. So if visual design, it depends on what we mean by visual design. If it's just like the, the skin of something or the, the aesthetics mm -hmm. of something. Yes, for the, then, this example, mostly yeah, that. Yeah, that one's easier because then it's like, okay, you can use that aesthetic mm -hmm. for it. But um, obviously like uh, go for the aesthetic. But when it's like the, experience like the user experience and the way that it actually works the mm -hmm. interaction model mm -hmm. like that you can't like cherry pick the interaction model yep. here and then the pattern here okay and then I want to know specifically about systems thinking mm -hmm. I know that's something we have sort of talked about a couple of times yeah. how should PMs be like when someone says you should be doing systems thinking like <laughs> what does that mean for a product yeah person? yeah 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 uh, this one's like a hard one for me to, to think to explain because of my robotic nature I think it comes uh, <laughs> it comes naturally like okay. um, 
it comes naturally to me, and uh, I kind of I, I'm uh, confused by people uh, mm-hmm. who don't think this way, who don't think like logically. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, what's his name? Yeg uh, Gabriel Weinberg just wrote that a book uh, called um, The Mental Models, the big thinking mm-hmm. book around mental models. That's not the title, but look it up. Uh, it's this big book, and it's about mental models. And I love it because it's about mental models and it's all one, one big book. Anyway, he wrote a book called Traction before and he had a bunch of startups. Uh, he's the founder of DuckDuckGo. It's a privacy-focused search engine. Got it. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so I've no, I knew him from years ago. Uh, but anyway, he wrote this book. It's great. It's got this mental models in it. And um, I think, you know, like the one that's at the very beginning, which is um, I think people often reference it is just like, but never really, I don't know, don't use it, which is just like first principles, like mm-hmm. reduce things down. And he uses the the old interview from Elon Musk and Kevin Rosen Foundation, which was like l- about lithium batteries and reducing it down to the, everyone probably knows this, who's listening to this, reducing it down to the parts themselves and understanding what are the cost of the parts versus mm-hmm. what are the cost of the, the sum of the parts today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, that kind of reduction, like, like going back, working like that is something like, I don't know, for some reason, like, comes naturally to me and certain other people, but but isn't a common trait. And I think that's one, that that would be, when I think about systems thinking, I'd take it from that angle, right? It, it's mm-hmm. not about applying, uh, you shouldn't have to worry about all these different mental models. Like, the, the fundamental one is this first principle model of, like, what are the what are the actual parts that are non, you know, or Bezos would say, like, you know, like, everything is... Um, is up for grabs ex- except for the laws of physics, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's reduce it down to the things mm-hmm. that are not changeable and mm-hmm. everything else, understand the parts that go into something and then work up. So, mm-hmm. like, a bottoms-up approach to stuff. I think that's how I would recommend uh, product managers to think about systems thinking mm-hmm. instead of getting wound up in all these different models. Think about that first-principle model. Is there a book for first principles? No, no, there isn't. I mean, uh, Peter Thiel mentions it in his okay. book. Uh, in this book, it's mentioned in there. And they all reference the same mm-hmm. examples, right? The Elon right. Musk example. And there's a couple mm-hmm. other examples. But I think it's just, I don't know, this is why it's like confusing. Uh, it's hard for me to explain. Someone should just write yeah. this. Often people, uh, I'll start to interrupt no. you. Like, often people um, use that frame, right? They say like first principles, but then like you dig in and they're like, what are you talking about? And uh, yeah. they're not sure. Because a lot of people is. talk about first principles, yes, but then lot. it's like, great, right, I'm going to do first principles. And mm-hmm. then they're like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> totally. go all the way down to the first principles. Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, I, I don't know what I you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Just like reduce it yeah. to the to the parts, right? I find that I see that in PMs when it's like they're making a choice, mm-hmm. but the choice that they're making is not the real problem that yeah. they're looking at. And mm-hmm. so it's like, learn to step back. And I think Teresa Torres has this amazing like opportunity problem framework yes, yep, where it's like yep, keep yep. stepping back until you, mm-hmm. you get to the one problem you're looking at and not this like weird feature trade-off. Yes, yeah, yeah. So. It's almost, you know, the, the first principles thing is almost related to like the five whys to me of just yeah. like, keep asking why, reduce, reduce, reduce. I think, um, you know, Elias, again, I'll mention him, like thinks this way, I think this way. I think we're also troublemakers, right? Like we're entrepreneurs, so we're default troublemakers problem with authority like we got all the classic traits so we're always like why 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 mm-hmm. and then come back to just like you know some fundamental thing that the person assumed of like well we can't possibly change this and it's like why not let's right. change that thing right and that's like reducing it down so reduce it always down okay mm-hmm. so we're going to continue this discussion over on insider oh insider. we are 
But I have one last question for you. Sure. If you, and this is from Tony. He wanted to know if you could ask Charlie Munger one question, what would it be? Uh, will you be my uncle? <laughs> <laughs> will you adopt me? Be my uncle, my long lost <laughs> uncle. Uh, that's a great. Thank you, Tony, for that question. What would I ask Charlie Munger? Mm. I think I would want to understand, and I don't know how to frame the question, but I would want to understand, like, obviously, like, he's got this way of thinking and this kind of uh, things that he references all the time. But what was the, like, what was the f inception point? What was the failure point? Or what was the thing that got him to start down this path? He always mentions, like, the failure and, like, mm -hmm. got tired of failing. But, like, mm -hmm. what was it that actually changed his way of thinking? Because there is, like, if you read all his stuff about him, there is a point where, like, um, he was more ego-driven mm -hmm. and there was some failure point. I don't know what the failure point is, but mm -hmm. so I'd love to know like what was the moment of like transition to mm -hmm. this way of thinking. Yeah, That's a good one. All right, thanks. That is the end of the build episode. How do you get to Insider though? www.drift.com slash insider and insider.drift.com will continue this conversation. Yeah, mm -hmm. but we need some reviews for mm -hmm. the podcast too. Six stars. Six stars only. Leave some reviews for Maggie. Uh, we're gonna do more of this on Insider. And Insider is this totally free community that we've created where we publish things that you cannot get anywhere else. And all you need to do is go there, sign up for a free account. That's it. And you can watch all these videos and watch uh, Maggie drop science. Yep. Mm -hmm. Thanks.